the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. We've been spending a few weeks just talking about what it looks like to steward a culture that is uh, completely interested and invested in bringing the kingdom of heaven. What does it look like? And what is the kingdom of heaven? What, what are the things that accompany the advancing of the kingdom of heaven? And just to give you a, a quick recap um, from the last few weeks, we know that we originally were placed in paradise and given stewardship of planet earth. If you were wondering what you were called to, it is take dominion of the world. If, if you were praying like, God, what's my calling? Just take over the planet earth. That's the original. <laughs> That's the dominion. So, <clears throat> But of course, we know uh, the story had a huge plot twist, and we handed over rulership to the usurper or the serpent. And instead of co-laboring as sons with God in, in bringing the, the paradise of Eden all over creation, we became slaves in the domain of darkness. And the domain of darkness came with a whole different look whole different rule. After the fall, when sin was introduced, the futility of thinking, futility hit creation. The earth produced thorns instead of easy crops. There was sickness and uh, violence and animosity and pain and even natural disasters. The whole created order was thrown out of whack as it came under the rule of the domain of darkness. Or in the New Testament, he's called the prince of the power of the air. But good news and super spoiler alert, a seed would come from woman who would take the rule of the serpent back, crushing crushing his head. How wonderful is that we know obviously that seed is... Jesus, who came to, and he came preaching this different kingdom, and not just preaching this different kingdom, demonstrating what it looks like to be part of this kingdom. And so what were some of the things that Jesus did to demonstrate that he actually is a prince of another realm or of another kingdom? When there was sickness, he healed it. He would even touch lepers. People, everyone was afraid. Not only was it a sickness, it was a highly contagious sickness. So there were laws and rules in place, right? To not even go near someone with leprosy. And Jesus was all about hugging those dudes, right? He would get all up in their business and heal them. And he had no fear because his healing power was more contagious than their sickness. When there were storms or natural disasters, he calmed them. When there was hunger and lack, he would do things like multiply food. When there was death, he resurrected people. This is a Bill Johnson quote. Jesus ruined every funeral he ever attended, including his own. And so he came and just flipped the script and flipped our wigs and blew our boxes and he looked nothing like the God we were anticipating, did he? He looks so different from the God that the Jews worshiped at the time that they killed God in the name of God. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Sorry, that was a little too fast. <laughs> Let me get back to the kingdom. Uh, when there was spiritual oppression or people being uh, oppressed by demonic spirits, unclean spirits, uh, I call them critters. Like Jesus would evict those critters. He would bring healing. People would return to their right mind. In fact, someone who was on his ministry team, part of his intimate posse, was Mary Magdalene. How many demons did she have? 
seven demons Jesus evicted from Mary's life. Y'all ever met someone with one? Do you imagine the overhaul, like the extreme renovation of that woman? That would be an amazing thing to see the before and after, right? What her life looked like before and what it looks like now, free in her right mind with her heart pouring forth affection for her Messiah who set her free. We talked about over the last couple of weeks how the kingdom of heaven is at hand, how the kingdom of heaven has come upon you, how the kingdom of heaven is within you, and how the kingdom of heaven forcefully advances. And I also wanted to make mention of how messy it can be when the kingdom of heaven is advancing because it turns any of our tidy, well-scheduled church services on their head. And I am all for it. Y'all, we've done enough of going to church and not even remembering what happened. Woo! Felt good to say that. Who, who wants a memorable church service, you know? Like... <laughs> oh, we're like old Beverly Butler, who's 70 years old. We thought she was okay, but then she vomited a demon up front. Whoa, it just got fun, didn't it? <laughs> the power of heaven drops and people start screaming in, in, in parts of the room because the darkness that is in them is no longer able to hide. Come on, that's memorable. You guys may have heard the bad news that it's not good to manifest a demon in church, but I would like to offer you a different opinion. It is the best place to manifest a demon. When, when, when people come into a room and they have darkness hidden in their life, it's been there a long time. It's not the church's fault that something weird happened, okay? It was already there. The darkness, the oppression was already there, but what happened is they came into a place where there was actually power present to do something about it. There were people so loving that they weren't gonna judge the person, but they were gonna judge the spirit and evict the spirit and keep the person, right? So it does get messy. Um, has anybody seen a show of hands, the Jesus Revolution movie? Oh, yes! What a fire starter. I love that movie for a lot of reasons. Uh, it personally impacted me because I grew up in the Vineyard Movement, which was birthed from Calvary Chapel. And so I grew up my whole life uh, hearing John Wimber's teachings. John Wimber is the leader of the Vineyard Movement who taught extensively on the kingdom of heaven. He was always about when do we get to do the stuff? Like I, he, he came to church uh, after getting saved out of the hippie, hippie movement into the Jesus people movement. And after attending several services, went up to the pastor and said, uh, great to be here, but when do we get to do the cool stuff? And the pastor's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, the stuff in the Bible, like, you know, the healing and prophecy and deliverance. And, and the, the pastor then gave him a theological grid work for why that doesn't happen anymore. Did you know that you can make the Bible say anything? So he used the Bible to tell the person why God doesn't do the things that God does. <laughs> 
And then, but John Wimber didn't fully buy into it. You know, years would go by, he would end up praying for thousands of people before seeing his first healing, which started a movement where millions, literally millions of people worldwide have been impacted by the power of God through physical healing. I'm talking doctors don't know how it happened. I'm talking x-ray looked like this before and x-ray looks like this after. I'm talking the cancer's gone. I'm talking dude stood up out of his wheelchair. They had crutches and wheelchairs as trophies people coming in with them and leaving without them. Come on. Come on. Uh, John Wimber, um, he, he was a pastor in the, the Calvary Chapel movement. Then he began the Vineyard movement, and he had a lot of dealings with the, the um, main character in the movie Jesus Revolution is Lonnie Frisbee, right? And so John... Uh, had a lot of contact with Lonnie. And actually, I just wanted to play a, a, a video. It's probably about seven minutes of John Wimber talking about what it is like in those days. And so it's a, it's a vintage video and we've got it queued up. And so we're gonna just watch this video because there's so much sauce on it. We recognize that there's an encounter going on, people. There's an antagonism antagonism today against the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but more importantly, there's an antagonism against his personhood, against his presence. And when the presence of God comes into your sanctuary and into your life, you will find that you have antagonism, that you are frightened and put off and bewildered and upset, perplexed and vexed against the very God that you've been inviting to come for years and move among you. The first time that the Lord Jesus Christ sent his spirit in great power among us, I was fit to be tied for days. I was so angry. I was so upset. I wanted to get out of the ministry. I said, no way am I going to put up with Why, that's absurd what God did. <laughs> of course, I wasn't absolutely sure it was God. But even after I was convinced it was God, I had difficulty with it. And I want you to know that. When God began moving among us, and not, this particular night, we were having a church service, and, and in fact, that, that Sunday afternoon, I, I was coming out of the, the church service. It was Mother's Day of all days, Mother's Day. You, you'd think you'd be safe in church on Mother's Day. Well, I, I'm walking out of the church, and, and God says to me, tell that young man to preach tonight. Well, I'm not in the habit of just telling any old young man to preach in my church, and I said, and particularly that young man, because I had heard he was a little strange, and I said, Lord, do you want me to have him preach? And the Lord said very clearly to me, yes. So I went up to him and I said, Lonnie, <laughs> would you like to preach tonight in my church? He said, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for the chance. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, I died a thousand deaths all afternoon. All afternoon, I agonized. I said, oh, God, you got me into it again. You got me into a mess. He's going to mess my church up. And the Lord said, when did it become your church? I said, oh, that's right, that's right, okay. So I went to church that night, and I, <laughs> we worshiped extra long. I found a lot of announcements that needed to be made. But I, I, and as long as I stretched it, it was still time. So he's sitting there all bright and alert like a kid at his birthday party. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, he looks harmless enough. All right, come on up. So he comes up and he starts speaking. And I sit down over to the side. 
And, uh, and I'm listening to him, and, and it's great. You know, I mean, it's, I'm thinking, what was I worried about? He was funny. He's giving his testimony, and, and there's pathos in it. You know, and they're trying to weep a little bit, and you, you know, and, he, and you, you know, salute a couple times, and, he, and he's telling you some great verses, and you're laughing, and just having a wonderful time. I'm thinking, what was I worried about? This is great. You know, God, you're so good. And then he does the weirdest thing I've ever even heard of. <laughs> Everything's going good, you know, all of a sudden he stops and he says, well, that's it. He said, you know, the church has been offending the Holy Spirit a long time and uh, he's, he's quenched, but he's getting over it. And we're going to invite him to come and minister. Now, come, Holy Spirit, and whammo! <laughs> the Spirit of God comes. And people start fighting. Well, first of all, he says, everybody 25 years and under come forward. Well, in our church, that's everybody, you know. <laughs> You know, they're all coming up there. There's hundreds of them up all crowded around the stage. And he says, come, Holy Spirit. And the next thing I know, people are falling and bouncing in there. And they're laying on the floor and they're talking like turkey guys. (laughs) And one kid, he falls. One kid, he falls. And the microphone falls with him. You know, and it's laying right in front of his face. And he's speaking in tongues, you know. I mean, I'm not talking about two minutes. I'm talking about 45 minutes he's talking through that microphone. And we're wading through bodies, you know, trying to get over to him. And we can't get the microphone off, and we can't get to him. And Lonnie is going like a banshee. You know, he's running through the crowd and raising his hands. And, you know, and I'm thinking he's pushing people over. He's knocking them down. But he's not even touching them. He's walking by them, and they're going wham, wham, you know, and falling everywhere. And I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, get me out of here. <laughs> and people are grabbing their Bibles and they're going, not me. I'm not. And they're going out the door. Some of them I never have seen. That was four years ago, you know, that they went out the door. Well, I want to tell you something. When it, when it finally stopped, when it finally stopped, Man, did I get it, you know. I started, all the staff was upset and uptight. You know, they, they didn't tell you the half of it. When, when the, Sam was mentioning that earlier today, he didn't tell you the whole story. Everybody was pretty uptight. Well, I went home, and I tried to be civil, you know, I was polite. Well, thank you very much, and I, for, for ministering. <laughs> so, I get home, you know, and I, and I try to go to sleep. I, I can't sleep. I get up, and I, I go from... Genesis to Revelation, you know, and I'm looking for Holy Spirit, come, you know, <laughs> wham, wham, you know, <laughs> it's not in the book, man, it's not, I'm upset, man, and I, you know, now it's 4.30 in the morning, and I've, you know, I've, all over and over, I did find a few verses where people fell down, that helped me a little bit. But I couldn't find anything that was just like that. And so I'm sitting there and I'm saying, oh, God, you've got to do something for me. You know, I, this is terrible what's happened here. You've got to do something for me. And suddenly it, it connected that I remembered reading something in the journal of Wesley where something like this had happened. And so I went out of my garage and I had a big box of books on re- revivalists at different times, you know, revival histories as well as revivalists. And I got them out and brought them in the house and I started, and sure enough, some things like that happened with Whitfield. Some things like that happened with Wesley. I found it in the Cane Ridge Revival. And then I began going back and forth in, through church history. And, I, and about 6 o'clock in the morning, I found at least 10 different times 
when this kinds of phenomena had occurred. Not exactly, not Holy Spirit come wham, but things like that. You know, things where people shook and fell, people fell and this sort of thing. So I was feeling a little bit better. Now it's 6 o'clock in the morning and I'm saying, God, if this is you, I've got to have some assurance. I've got to know, is this you? Is this something you're doing or not? Just then the phone rings. And it's my friend Tommy Stein from Denver. Now Tommy wasn't in the habit of calling me uh, all that often in those days, but he would call up every couple months or I would call him. Hey, hey, what's going on, man? You know, what's happening? Did you have a good day at your church? Oh, Tom, let me tell you about it, man. You know, this guy, Lonnie. Oh, Lonnie, I know Lonnie. Yeah, he used to be, oh, yeah, I remember him. Wham, right? Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, look, man, this is what he did to me. He came in, he talked a little while, and he said, oh, Spirit coming, people fell down, and people left my church, my staff's mad at me, and I'm not sure what's going on. My wife's happy as anything. She liked it all. <laughs> and he says, it's the Lord. I said, it's the Lord? He said, yeah, it's the Lord, man. It's just, that's exactly what happened to us in the early days of the Jesus People Revival. The same kind of power, the same kind of manifestation. In fact, as we talked, the Spirit of God began gripping his heart, and he began repenting of some hardness that he had towards just this kind of phenomena because he'd sort of grown away from it and become too sophisticated for it. And so I felt a great deal of assurance because God had given me a witness a credible witness that had called someone that had been there, someone that had seen it from the inside out. I'd only heard about it. I'd lived here in the community, but I wasn't aware of the totality of the Jesus People movement until much after the movement had already began declining. That'll come as news to some of you. But <laughs> the Jesus People movement's over. It's a new day now, and God's doing some new things. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I, I recognized in, in, that, in that communication that, that I was in for a, a, an interesting time. Well, over the next few weeks and months, the phenomena continued to occur, uh, often unrehearsed, often without any kind of leading from us. It would just happen in places. Uh, our young people began roaming the community in packs. We would see them sometimes in parking lots and in front of houses, raising their hands and praying for people, and wham, they would go. And over the, <laughs> that was in May. By, the, by September, we had baptized over 700 new converts. Evangelism was occurring everywhere. That was not, those were the ones we baptized. The best we can figure, there may have been as many as 1,700 new converts in that three-and-a-half-month period. But the ones that we baptized, the ones that came toward us as, as, uh, and became involved in the fellowship, was approximately 700. God was on the move. I had never seen evangelism like that. I had never known that there was that kind of power. The problem was I didn't have any grid to sort it with. Nothing I've ever been taught in my educational background helped me to understand Holy Spirit come whammo and how that related to evangelism, how power and power signs and power activities could bring about conversion in the lives of individuals. But as I uh, began dialoguing with people, and keep in mind I do have some training as a sociologist, and so I'm used to measuring phenomena and, 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 uh, and looking at things from that perspective. And as I began dialoguing with various people that were visiting and uh, that had been ministered to during that period of time, I, I found there was a commonality, that regardless of what the, the uh, phenomena was, whether they were slain in the spirit or rested in the spirit or fell and shook or stood and shook or sat and shook, uh, whether they shook violently or mildly, whether they had... Uh, as, as an experience that was somewhat catatonic or where they had some other kind of an experience, there was a commonality of acceptance of the experience. 
No one I ever talked to that had had an experience was sorry. They all uniformly responded with, it was wonderful. I feel closer to God as a result of it. I love the Lord more as a result of it. I'm reading the Bible more now. I'm praying more now. I'm sharing more now. I'm more involved in the church and I'm more in love with the Lord than I've ever been as a result of that experience. Why did I show you guys this video? Because it's great. <laughs> I like you. You're always welcome to come back. <laughs> I'm not trying to recreate something. Like that's, that's not what the Holy Spirit is, is necessarily interested in. There can be signs that occur and reoccur that look very similar, but we know that the Holy Spirit is very uh, capable of doing something we've never seen before. Um, but, so one of my main purposes in showing you this video is to reacquaint us all with our roots, to understand like where we've come from, because whether you know it or not, um, the, the vineyard movement, John uh, Wimber discipled uh, Bill Johnson, uh, Mike Bickle, uh, Jack Deere, uh, Rick Joyner, all these different movements that spun off around the nation. And so, and what came from, uh, what came from Bethel and Bill Johnson and the goodness of the Lord message and, and supernatural healings and, and IHOP Casey's devotion to worship and prayer, what came from that? Upper room. This is, we have, I just feel the Lord. Many, many streams have come together to form one river in, in this room. And, and I, at the same time, not, I'm not saying that to uh, delineate or distinguish how awesome we are, but we need to understand the, 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 the ceilings that we stand on, or the floors that we stand on, or the, those men's ceilings and the, the things that have been handed down. And, and so can you uh, play keys and the people with the words of knowledge, can you come up? We actually want to do some of this stuff.